At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Welcome Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. I'm Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a preventative cardiologist and lipidologist at Baptist Health's Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute, where I'm also Chief of Cardiology at Baptist Hospital and Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health. There's a lot of buzz in the popular press, on social media, and in hundreds of advertisements about testosterone. But what are the medical facts you need to know? In a future episode, we'll explore the subject of testosterone and male aging with an endocrinologist. But for today's episode, we're going to attempt to clear up some confusion about what testosterone does, how it's produced, and how exercise can affect it. And to do that, we have our guest, Dr. Michael Swartzen. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Hi, Dr. Fiago. Thanks for bringing me on. Um, thanks again for joining us. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, having you share your wealth of experience and, and uh, knowledge in this space. Um, uh, Michael, before we get started, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your specialization, the kind of patients that you generally see in your practice, um, um, so we can put that into the context of the discussion. Sure. So I am a uh, sports medicine physician with the Miami Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Institute. Uh, my background is training in family medicine and I did uh, subspecialty or fellowship training um, for sports medicine and orthopedics, which basically means in English uh, is that I, I work with uh, kids and adults who are active and uh, have trouble with either acute or chronic injuries. Uh, and I also work directly with a lot of athletes uh, and their coaching staffs on getting them to perform at their uh, highest potential. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. And I think that's what intrigued me regarding your, your, your experience. Because uh, you see people in the real world. You're seeing a broad-based um, you know, kind of population. And you've probably seen everything and heard everything that's out there. So let's see if we can dive into that a little bit. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So let's start with some basics. What is testosterone? Um, what is it, what, what's its purpose in our body? So testosterone is, is a hormone. Um, it's, uh, it's the major sex hormone, and it plays uh, a lot of roles in, uh, in our bodies. Um, it's made in males. It's made mainly uh, in the testes or testicles. Uh, women do have some production in, in the ovaries. Uh, but it's, it's the typical responses that you would think of in a male when they hit puberty. They get hair, they get a deeper voice, they get, you know, larger muscles, facial hair, strength, uh, the bones grow. And, and a lot of times when you think of puberty, you think of, of you know, kids kind of going, um, discovering sex and going sex crazy. Uh, and again, that's partly responsible. Testosterone is partly responsible for uh, that aspect. Do testosterone levels generally, uh, as you said, they, they start going up in puberty. I guess it triggers puberty. Right. Do they continue to go up throughout your life, or do they, they change at all uh, as a part of natural progression? They, they peak, and then starting in your late 20s, early 30s, uh, you start to see a, a very, very small decline. It's less than a percent per year, uh, but there is an overall decline with aging, correct? And, and it's fair to say that also varies from person to person. There's no Correct. hard and fast rule. Okay. Yes. Um, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
no, there, there are there are definitely ways that speed up uh, uh, the loss of testosterone, and there are ways to to slow it down. Uh, and some of those are are intrinsic, like genetic factors, and and sometimes they're they're things that are entirely within your control. So um, uh, we'll get to that a little bit because I do I do think those are the, the real important take home points. Um, but going back to the kind of questions that you probably get asked or you're exposed to more than I, though I certainly have my fair share. Certainly, listening to sports radio, low T. Low T. <laughs> Got to start with what is low T, and 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 what you know what causes it? Is it a real thing? What should we be concerned about? Here's your here's your chance to get on your soapbox. <laughs> okay, so low T. When they say low T, the T stands for testosterone. And they're lumping together uh, a myriad of symptoms or, or a combination of a lot of symptoms that most commonly people get as, as they get older. Uh, and the suggestion is that possibly low testosterone is responsible for uh, your plight or your issues and that replacing it at this clinic will result in improvement in your life. So they take a lot of common things that happen as one gets older, not necessarily related to testosterone, but people, someone thinks people feel, they say, I don't want to feel this anymore. Here's a solution. And it's invariably what? They always kind of check statements. You ever hear fat checkers? Is it, is it completely right, completely wrong? So I, I would say their advertisements are, are kind of a mix, right? Yes, it's true. Uh, that there are some people who have low T, it's about 15 to 20% of the population. So now we're talking about true low testosterone, correct, meaning correct. A, clinically, a clinically low testosterone level. I'm right. Sorry. So there is a clinically low testosterone that is in the general population, like I said, around 15 to 20%. And there is some things that that can do to help them with their symptoms. And again, the major thing that we're looking for is is some kind of sexual dysfunction is it decreased libido decreased desire for sex is it uh, erectile dysfunction uh, inability to, to perform the sexual act is it, is it both what would we define it's, it's all of the above everything excluding uh, i don't want to get into the the sperm production aspect of it i'm definitely okay. not an expert in in fertility uh because it can be complicated when it comes to testosterone but specifically with what the two you mentioned, so erectile dysfunction and and sexual uh, appetite, uh, libido, uh, are both affected by testosterone. Okay, and so and not enough of it, and you will you will notice it. Uh, now those things can occur not related to low T. So correct. when if you're seeing a, a man whatever age 35, 50, and they bring to your attention or you elicit those types of complaints. Do you order a testosterone level? Is that part of your, your workup? Would that be no, that's no, it, it, it is not. Uh, that would be a further down the line. Uh, much more commonly, um, the issues with uh, sexual libido or erectile dysfunction are related to some kind of metabolic syndrome. And that's a big group of things that have to do with how your, your heart and blood cells, uh, your blood vessels, your plumbing and your heart pump and how that works, because without having uh, the blood pumping to uh, your penis, you're not going to be able to get an erection. Um, there's another aspect of it that's psychological. Uh, and then there's uh, a third, which can be kind of the other category, 
which uh, the testosterone would certainly fall into. So if a man feels or is aware of a diminution in their sexual function and desire, the, the marketing will bring them to low T and potentially a testosterone replacement, which may have concerns which we'll get to. But as you just uh, articulated, there are more common other reasons why they may feel those things. Yeah, much um, more common. That your primary care doctor is the best place to start. Do not be afraid to mention these kind of symptoms. This is routine stuff that we get regularly. I mean, very regularly. There's concern. Your doctor is a safe place, much safer than the internet. Let's let's talk a little bit back. Uh, let's bring back to the testosterone specifically. So you mentioned some of the more common things that could occur in one's life that will lower their testosterone, not necessarily in a pathological way like a decreased production, but more related to this other overall lifestyle. Articulate those a little bit. You you brought up a few. Uh, So certainly diabetes is probably the most common. Um, If you're a diabetic, uh, there are issues with uh, blood vessels and nerves that can affect Um, affect your testosterone slash libido slash uh, erectile function. There are other hormones like hypothyroidism that that can get involved. Uh, Obesity, lack of exercise, uh, certainly uh, are among the biggest ones that that we see. So so if someone gains weight and it's more common in the belly, the, the, the central obesity, doesn't exercise because they're tired or, or don't have time or, or, you know, lazy, although let's, let's assume mostly it's tired or not having time, um, that can lower their testosterone level. Correct. Would then that also make it harder for them to lose weight and, and exercise? Is, yeah. is, is, does that cycle get set up? It does. And uh, then you're, you, there's also the stress aspect of it. Uh, as you increase your stress, uh, your cortisol level goes up, and and generally speaking, your testosterone level goes down as you're stressed, and then you don't sleep. And of course, you need uh, uh, your sleep cycle to be full to for your body to function mm-hmm. properly. So, do you do you see in your practice um, more um, concerns of testosterone levels by the individual in the you know the the man who who's athletic? is concerned about athletic performance or more of the, the overweight diabetic who, who has other reasons for it, or is it a, 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 a they not necessarily? No, mo- most, mostly it's the athletes. I, I okay. traditionally don't see um, patients that are, that are diabetic looking for care. I'll see, you know, the 45 year old coach or retired player who's starting to notice that their body isn't the same and they have questions uh, whether it's uh, physical performance or sexual performance, uh, it can be a mix. But so, that's, so what that's you, the typical patient that I see. So let's take for the purposes, again, of this this testosterone-related podcast, let's take that population. What what do you speak to them about? Uh, what's part of your assessment? What's what's What are your, your treatment recommendations? Well, the, the advantage that I have is most of the times I know these people well. And so I can see if there's been a difference in their behavior, in their attitude, in their weight, in their size, uh, in their performance, whether it's athletic or, or in their job. So I, I can I can notice if if they've had less energy, you know, less endurance. Any of those things can sometimes be obvious to a physician that knows you. But otherwise, it's it's a lot of talking, a, a lot of finding out what's going on with someone is is 
their their history, right? The subjective part, and you tell me what your symptoms are, and then I ask you more about them, and we go through it one at a time. I, I you know, I think that response was brilliant, and it was a subtle um, but well placed plug for having a good relationship with your your your, your family your family physician. Um, you can make a much better assessment when you know the person, you know what changes there are in their, uh, in the way they address their conversations with you than if you just treat a diagnosis or, or uh, as the internet will. So again, I think that, that that's well said. Um, specific to exercise, um, what, how does testosterone affect exercise? Um, and what would one look to do with exercise in terms of improving any testosterone related um, uh, issues? I'm glad you mentioned that because I should have mentioned it earlier. Uh, exercise or using your muscles is one of the ways to cause a production in testosterone. Testosterone is necessary as part, it's one of the hormones necessary for not only strength, but, but growth of the muscle, right? Those are two different parts. Uh, you can get stronger without getting bigger. Uh, and and uh, uh, testosterone is a big part of that. And so working out large muscle groups like your legs and your glutes results in an increase or jump in testosterone level in your body to allow for recovery. So a natural and more holistic way of improving those low testosterone symptoms, if you will, um, with other benefits as well towards weight management and blood pressure control and all the other uh, uh, benefits you get from exercising. Um, in the interest of time, two two. Further questions. Um, testosterone of women. Do women make testosterone? Is it a natural part of uh, uh, women's health? And do they wind up with problems from over or underproduction of testosterone? So they, they do make testosterone. Uh, certainly it's part of their function as well. Um, some of it's made in the ovaries. Some of it is made in the body. It's converted, whether it's through fat or in the periphery, it's converted to testosterone. Yes, they need it for some of the same reasons that males need it. Women still have uh, muscles. Women have bones that need uh, structure. Um, they they have uh, the same, basically the same issues. Um, very rarely do women have low T. Most of the time you're seeing women for this testosterone issue is when they make too much. And a lot of times they have something called uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And, and, you know, these women have trouble with fertility. Uh, they'll have acne, uh, obesity, uh, hair. Um, and so they come in with certain symptoms that, and, and this is part of the workup. It's quite rare to see a woman for low T. Thank you. Um, last question. If, and as we mentioned, you know, sometimes there's a stigma. A man does not want to discuss with their doctor any sexual related issues. They hear on the radio, oh, you could have low T. Come to our X, Y, and Z and get it. Is there a danger with getting put on any testosterone replacement? Um, yes. When it's not, yeah. If you weren't going to ask me about this, I was going <laughs> to mention it right off the bat. So everything that's done, you're coming in with a complaint and you're trying to improve on things. And one of the big tenets of medicine is do no harm. And so you come in and, and I'll do an evaluation. And let's say you, you do have low T and we start discussing treatment options or sending you to a, a specialist for this. 
understand that that mainly we're trying to help you with your life normally your your sexual function not so much your fatigue and energy level um but it does have risks some of it are quite simple like like acne um but it can increase your risk of prostate cancer of blood clots heart disease a balding you might even be at increased risk for breast cancer uh taking this so there are, uh, and that's aside from the local reactions, which there's many formulations and there's many different ways to take it. And there's gels and shots and shots can cause problems and topicals can cause problems. So it, it can be worth exploring if you truly have low T, but understand it is not a risk-free uh, adventure. This is, this is a process like anything else. Uh, as as expected, well said. Um, great stuff. Really appreciate again your time and your experience and and, and knowledge that you're bringing to this conversation. Um, any final advice? Anything to reiterate or anything that we missed in the uh, in the discussion that you want to bring up? You know, usually there's there's two things that I try and tell my patients and athletes. There are uh, no shortcuts in life, and if someone's promising you a a quick fix, it's probably not true. And then the second thing is, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, you know, if, if all of a sudden someone on the announcer on the radio is giving you all the symptoms that you have that you don't want and promising you a cure, it sounds too good to be true. It usually is. I'm not saying you can't go see these, uh, these clinics, but I would definitely check your primary care doctor who will have your interests in mind. Um, I would add to that, which was one of my mantras, which is there's lots of ways to separate anxious people from their money. And <laughs> I think that's a, a, a wallet, of wallet biopsies. <laughs> exactly right. Well, again, thank you, Dr. Michael Swartzen um, from Baptist Health Miami uh, Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Institute. Uh, great, great, great information. Joy, you know, speaking with you and, and learning from you um, and to our listeners, as always, if you have any comments, thoughts or ideas for future topics for this podcast, please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. Thanks for listening, and until next time, stay safe. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.